<sighs> we uh we missed a week. We missed a week, but but we're back. We're back. Um so what was this pre-show topic you wanted to discuss? I don't know. So have you heard the news of uh EA like dropping physical games in select countries now? I have not. I I uh, I, I heard a little bit something about it, but just not really. Okay, so like in Austria and I believe Switzerland and other countries, they're dropping physical games and going full digital only. And that seems to be like EA's start of, of getting rid of the physical games. And then also we found out that Modern Warfare 2, the physical disc, only has 70 megabytes of data on the physical disc. So the other 120 gigabytes have to be downloaded, so like the disc is completely pointless. Yeah, so at, at, you know, at this point, they're just doing physical for physical sake. There is actually no data on it. So one moment, I, please. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned that physical is dying out and I don't think we're ready for an all digital platform yet. As far as gaming is concerned. I don't think so either, but I also would look at the I, at the fact that most of these companies that are doing it, their player base wouldn't necessarily be affected. Like, no one cares. Like, you know, you always have the people that care about the special edition stuff like that. And, I, you know, Call of Duty people aren't playing or aren't no. Uh, no, worried I, about... I, and yeah. I get that, like, you know, for your FIFAs and for for Call of Duty, it, ma- it makes sense. Like, you know, the majority of people that buy it, buy it digital. It's not like it's a game that you're going to want to return. But if all of these companies start following this trend of slowly reducing the countries of which have availability to physical games, eventually it's just going to become to that point where everybody just goes, well, let's just go to a digital only platform. It, it makes more sense for the people that creating these games and publishing them. It co- costs less. They don't have any physical printing to do no plastic cases no discs they can shut down all of the factories that they're using for this stuff but as a consumer for me personally i really rely on physical to be able to play a lot of games and that's because i'll play a game i'll buy it at full price and i'll play it i'll complete it and then i'll take it into my game shop and swap it in get a credit voucher for it and use that to buy something else so that i'm making the most out of the money that i'm spending on these products and then See, obviously you've got all that that's like, why it don't never die. That's why I mean that's why I don't think you should be worried about it dying because they're like for those for the stated companies that you talked about that makes like it makes sense for them to do so. Whereas you know other companies not so much. Like there's but no if, way they're not there's no way they're not going to put out the special saying. edition and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe they'll continue doing the special editions. But for the standard editions, regardless of what publisher it is, it makes total sense for them to drop physical if they can, because they're going to be saving a ton of money on production. I mean, for mo- for companies that are greedy like the ones you listed, yeah. But for others, they'll eat the cost. They just will, and it'll have to be substantiated as an actual you know a feasible thing that doesn't cause extreme backlash from everyone that's not one of those players if you get what i'm saying i I see what you're saying but just the way the world is going like you know no one buys films anymore 
they stream them on Netflix or Prime. I mean, no one buys physical music anymore. The majority of the world listens to music through Spotify. Don't get me wrong, there are still people that buy physical oh, CDs and stuff, but it's going well, to happen. But I'm just saying you shouldn't be worried happen. about you shouldn't be worried about it happening in like two years. It'll happen over the next maybe like seven. Also, welcome, Big Mofo Gaming. Uh, he says there's 1.5k people on Dreamstream now. I wanted to make new friends, guys. Hey, go make wow. them, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what the VOD <laughs> is about. Multi Moo, welcome. Been trying to reach out to you, bro. Trying to get you on here. <laughs> trying, trying to get you on here. Um, uh, don't forget, just hit us with the date, and as long as one of us isn't dying on it, we'll, we'll get you on. Um, but here's the but thing, like, like you, you said, I, it, it's inevitably going to come, right? We we know that physical media is going to die along with the rest of it has. But the difference is with games is there's there's a certain value that you're going to lose. So you're going to lose the tradeability and the sale ability. And not only that, with digital games that you that you download, you're downloading a license to play that game. You don't physically own that game. So yeah. if they wanted to stop that game from being playable at any point. They can do. They can just lock it down with a DRM, and all of a sudden, you can't play that game anymore. Whereas just, if you had a physical offline version, it works because it's yours. You're purchasing it. Look, they will do anything to screw the consumer. But at the at the end of the day, like I mean, they just got the what PlayStation Store just got sued not too long ago because of like consumer practices where it's like the prices the pricing and everything on it there's still a ton of stuff to be ironed out before we see a full-blown you know like switch to digital you're right it is going to go there eventually but most of these like most countries don't have even the infrastructure and i'm still talking about america <laughs> like when you know when you really look at the numbers for how many people have access to like high speed and high speed enough to where, you know, it's how they consume everything and not just rely on the, the already, you know, instated practices. Yeah, we can't do that. We can't like, we can't do that yet. Now they can, because if you buy call of duty, you're not buying it for the campaign. You're buying it for, yeah. Yeah, the online so you can trust there, yeah. that your install base doesn't really care but like i said going back to the playstation thing it's simply if playstation just got sued because of the main differences between online or digital and physical purchases which is people like why can i find this game for five dollars you're still charging 30 for it like they got a they got stuff to iron out mm. chris what do you chris what do you think about this you've you've been quiet <laughs> yeah so uh i do think that uh um uh, ea especially uh has had this uh they seem to have this obsession with uh monetizing everything um and uh i do think that i don't think that physical copies of games will will ever die um i think it's bad business um to try to uh, kill physical copies, um, and I think uh, there's going to be a lot of pushback from the community uh, if that is something that they uh, really desire to push for. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's it's all about the dollar. It seems 
Um, of course. <laughs> always you know, always is. Uh, you know, I miss the good old days when, when you could just uh, play the game that you liked, you know, and it was yours and you could have it and do whatever. You know, I, I like playing games and if I really enjoy the game, uh, I like letting a friend borrow it so he can have the same experience that I did. Uh, and that, I mean, you lose that when you go digital with everything. You lose the ability to just hand your buddy a game and uh, let him play it, and then you can connect in that way. Uh, so, yeah. Indeed. And with that, we will start the show. Because <laughs> we've got a little over. So everybody, 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 welcome. It is the 95th episode of the Made in Dreams podcast. I am your host, Mighty Vicious, as always here with my co-host and hetero life mate, Jamie James. And <laughs> today we're joined by Chris, or Knives, on on uh, Dreams, uh, at Chris the Tattooer on Twitter. And how you doing today, my dude? I'm doing well. Doing very That's well. That's what I like to hear. So let's go ahead and kick right into it now that we had the lengthy pre-show yeah. chat go on. It's, I swear we trap ourselves with that thing, given a time we limit. Uh, but yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you made your way to dreams, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Go. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I am a tattoo artist, first and foremost. Uh, that is something that uh, I actually got into when I was uh, in college. Um, I never actually thought I would uh, get a tattoo, let alone do a tattoo, but it's something that just kind of fell into my lap. I knew I wanted to do something with art. Uh, I was in college for graphic design at the time, uh, and I dropped out because it just wasn't what I was passionate about. I wanted to do art. I just didn't know how, where, or what that was going to look like. Um, and uh, fun... Uh, Funny enough, I had a, a cousin who had a tattoo machine, and we were hanging out one day, and he says, hey, you want to give me a tat? And I said, uh, sure, I'll, I'll do it. You know, I'll give it a try. He was like, you can draw. You know, it's the same thing. Well, we found out the hard way it's not the same thing. Uh, but through that experience, I was like, okay, this is, this is something I could see myself being good at. Uh, so uh, lo, lo and behold, I... Got a tattoo machine myself. Uh, did a little practice on my leg. Uh, not my best or finest work, but uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. thereafter I got a proper apprenticeship, and then I got into the world of tattooing and I hadn't looked back. It's been my career for uh, the last, I want to say, seven years. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, I've always had a thing for doing art, always, uh, you know, been passionate about that. And, uh, you know, moving forward into the dreams realm, uh, 
I actually discovered dreams from uh, a video that I had seen on Facebook. I think it was the Avatar fan game. Mm -hmm. Okay, Elka. Uh, nice. Yeah, it was making the rounds. But, I mean, this was like super early development footage. Uh, and quite frankly, when I saw it, I thought that... Now, this, this isn't anything against him because the game looks great today. But when I first saw that footage, I was like, this game looks kind of terrible. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, and, and I let it go. You know, I didn't think yeah, anything yeah. about it. Um, but I actually saw the video again because, you know, people were, you know, it was going around, it was making the rounds. So I saw the video again and I was like, wait a second, what engine is that? Um, because it didn't look like Unity. It certainly didn't look like Unreal. So I did a little research. I was like looking up Avatar fan game on YouTube. I was like scrolling through the comments, trying to figure out like, what is this? Um, and then when I saw that it was Dreams on the PS4, I was like, okay, for like a PS4 game, like this is really impressive. And I literally got on my phone, got on Amazon, and ordered a copy, like, as soon as I found the video of it on YouTube. And uh, so uh, I, when it, it came in two days later, and I immediately, like, got to work. I was, like, doing all the tutorials. I was, like, plowing through everything, trying to learn this as fast as I could. Um, because one game that I have always wanted to make was like a fighting game that had some RPG elements. Like I wanted, I wanted it to have like the complexity of a fighting game, but like also the complexity of an RPG kinda. And you know, nobody had ever like made this game. You know, uh, ever since I played Power Stone Two as a kid on the on the Dreamcast, I was like. I want to make a fighting game. Like that was my thing. I wanted to make a fighting game. And uh and I'm guessing that led to clockwork. It did, yes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're 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 building up into clockwork. So uh you know, um I uh I actually experimented with like Fighter Maker 1 on the PS1 and Fighter Maker 2 on the PS2. And I even played Tory Bash for a while, but nothing could quite scratch this itch that I was having. Uh, you know, I played Mugen, like any fighting game, any creation engine, like I, if it's out there, I've, I've, I've tried it because, because I just love fighting games. It's, it's just what I've always been into. Like, it, like my first ever game was like Marvel versus Capcom on the PS1. And, uh, you know, uh, it, the rest is history. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, nothing quite scratched that itch until I found Dreams. And I was like, okay, not only can I animate this guy, I can give him effects. I can give him all the logic he would need. I can define parameters for things. Uh, and so, you know, I tried to make a little, I made like two or three different little fighting games as I was learning the engine. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, they they were pretty not so great. Um, Clockwork, however, was like 
my first real success story in dreams. Uh, you know, I hammered away at that for like eight months and was able to create something that felt polished and, and it, the combat system felt like it had depth and, uh, you know, it was just fun. You know, I played it with a lot of my friends uh, and they seem to be very impressed that this thing that they're playing and having fun with is something that I created. And that's a very rewarding feeling. Um, so now after having completed clockwork, I want it. So the thing about clockwork, I, it originally had an adventure mode. I mean, it, it was this uh, open world map and you went in and you solved puzzles. And then there was like three bosses at the end of like the whole level was like a puzzle. And then, and then when you solved the uh, puzzle for the level, you got to the boss's chamber and then you killed him. And <clears throat> the thing about that, the thing about adventure mode, I end up like nixing it out of the game because, uh, quite frankly, it just wasn't, uh, that fun. Um, <laughs> and so, you. so the game that I am working on now. Uh, it is basically a reimagined version of uh, Clockwork's adventure mode, uh, you know, built from the ground up. Um, and, you know, it originally started out, if you can believe this, uh, uh, as a twin stick shooter. Um, really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, so I made this little anime character. It, it all started with the character because I wanted to... Um, create an anime style in dreams, you know, something that was like kind of arcs, arc cis works, um, esque in its style. Um, and so this little character was basically just a, uh, just an experiment to see if it could be done. And when I got done with it, I liked the results and I was like, okay, we got to give this guy some kind of function. And uh, I, a twin stick shooter was actually like the next thing that I wanted to work on, kind of like a roguelike dungeon crawler, bullet mania type game. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, you know, uh, and so he was originally set up to be that way. And then I gave him a sword. So like if you were close to an enemy, you would have a melee option. And, uh, uh, you know, for... A month or so, like that's how he progressed as a twin stick shooter. Um, but then I, I like I like making puzzles in games. Um, I also like the ability to, uh, when you're playing a game, like if you see something, you can go to it. Uh, yeah. So I I knew that I wanted this to be open world where like you could just explore the map. And there'd be fun little interesting things to find. Um, and it, as a twin stick shooter, like you kind of kill the exploration element because I mean, it's, it's top down, you know, and yeah. it's like, there's not much you can see that's beautiful when it's top down. I mean, you can have some unique flooring, but that's about it. Uh, so <laughs> I just, I decided to nix the twin stick shooter uh, concept because I didn't want it to be top down. Uh, I wanted you to be able to pan the camera around and see things that were interesting. And uh, if you were interested, you could just go there. Uh, 
And so, yeah. Um, so what I decided to do, since it wasn't going to be a twin stick shooter, I decided to keep that kind of bullet mania mentality. Uh, I don't know if you've ever played like near uh, automata. Yeah. But you know, some of the boss fights have like the, the bullet mania aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're dodging projectiles. So I was like, okay, uh, you know, that was some inspiration for me. I was like, we could keep this, uh, you know, dodging projectile fun element, uh, but also kind of make it like into like a, you know, like a open world RPG that's like feel like the bullet mania that I'm that I'm shooting for, and so. Uh, the slime actually was uh, also an experiment. Uh, I, I, I originally was going to have the the island inhabited by robots uh, that were just shooting these wild projectiles at you, and you had to dodge and then you know kill them. Uh, but I experimented with the slime because I wanted to see if I could make something that was like uh, blubber. Like I want to see if I could make a jiggle and do all kind of, <laughs> yeah. you know. Slime was the obvious candidate, and uh, once I created him, I thought, uh, you know, what would be cool uh, is if I just made, and it would also save on thermo, if if I just made different colored versions of the same enemy that shot different projectiles. Um, and so I decided to make the slimes elemental. So you have, uh, you know, you have your green slime, which he's kind of like earthy. He shoots a bubble at you. Um, then you have your, uh, blue slime, uh, which is, uh, he shoots ice at you and all the projectiles, uh, behave differently. And then, of course, red for fire, and then you got a thunder one, and and so forth and so on. And so there's like, right now, there's like seven different variations of slime throughout the map. Uh, some are more difficult to uh, kill than others. Uh, some have different behaviors than others. Um, so, yeah, you'll just, uh, you know, when you play it, you'll find, hey, you know, like the way that I have to approach this slime is different from that slime, even though it's the exact same enemy uh, because of the way that they attack and their bullet patterns. Uh, and just some, there are like a couple little secret behaviors too in a, in a, in a couple of them, uh, you know, such as, uh, well, you'll just have to play it. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, and then you know, it's it's cool because even though there's only like seven different variations of the same enemy, uh, because they all behave differently, uh, you know, the way that you fight a green slime by itself might feel a little different from the way that you'd fight two of them together, and that dynamic is even further increased when you have like. A green slime and a yellow slime together. The way that you fight the green slime with the yellow slime there in the mix is going to be different from the way that you fight it alone. Yeah, so, so you maintain the puzzle of it instead of just yeah, enemies. Right, right. And so, you know, I've been playing this thing like I've been playing it like crazy this past week because I've had a had a lot of free time to myself, and so all that's been dedicated to dreams. 
and uh you know i've been having i've been having some fun with it you know it's i think that it is challenging enough to where it feels rewarding but not so challenging to where it's frustrating um but then again i know how to play it pretty well because you know i'm creating it so yeah uh, it's gonna take some community feedback for me to really see what you know what this is gonna be um but yeah, right now I'm working on doing some uh, puzzles, you know, uh, and they're going to be relatively easy to solve. You know, it's just a matter of looking at looking at what you have before you and saying, OK, this is what I need to do. Um, so, you know, nothing too complicated. You know, you push a block here, you climb a ladder there, you know, nothing too complicated, but just enough to keep you engaged. Um, really, this the game is. Uh, you know, I want the game to be fun. Um, but really I just want it to be more of a, of, you know, an experience. Like I want people to like, look and be like, wow, that looks really cool. Or, you know, that's a pretty view from here. Um, and so really what I'm trying to do is find out how, I can make everything look appealing from every direction that you can look at it. Uh, so, you know, for example, um, you know, when you, there's like a little wooded area, when you first enter it, you know, I want everything that you see um, to be aesthetic. Um, but then when you make your return, like let's say you approach, I don't know, a, a pole or something. And so when you look at the pole, you know, it looks really cool. The, the light's hitting it just right. And so, and then you go around the pole and then that part is like bland and empty. And so I'm trying to figure out right now what I'm working on is like, how can I make this aesthetically pleasing from every angle? Um, and, you know, there are angles that the player probably isn't even going to see. Like, I, I wouldn't imagine... You know, there's like a building in the back that I, I wouldn't imagine anybody would ever. There's no reason to go back there, but oh, they I, still, <laughs> I still have to decorate it, you know. Yeah. Go, <laughs> and so I'm, you know, I'm spending like 30 minutes decorating a part of the map that like 5% of players are probably even going to see, you know. It's oh. for the it's the it's for that 5% though. So, yeah. Because yeah. it makes it all worthwhile. You know what? You should put something really powerful back there. Just so yeah. that the people who <laughs> who are so enthralled with what's in like your game that they're just like the normal people that would just run by it, those people get oh, yeah. something. Some some okay. bubble. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned that because <laughs> that that is exactly what I'm doing. Oh uh, so I am rewarding exploration in this game uh there are a couple of powerful slimes that you can run into um but you will not come across them uh just by blowing through the through the little story uh, you, you know i think the story like the main game could probably be beaten in like 30 45 minutes honestly um but there are some extra things to do uh there are some uh, there are some spirits that are in the level and I have little, like little puzzles that you have to solve to reach these spirits that are kind of hidden throughout the island. 
Uh, right now I have about, I think there are like seven spirits. Um, but uh, I, I like to do poetry. So if you find one of these spirits, he'll uh, recite a short poem to you that will give you some insight into the, to the world that I'm building. So uh, I thought that'd be fun, you know. Uh, Absolutely. You know, it's it'd be in, yeah, it'd be interesting, you know. And, and, and the way that I think I want to lay this out is, like, if you find all the spirits, you'll, like, get, like, a full poem or something. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll see. That's, that's still in the works. But, you know, just little extra stuff to do. Um, this is also an idea that I have had, but I do I do not know if I will have the thermo to do it. Um, <clears throat> but but right now, uh, when you defeat a slime, you it will drop a gem according to its color. So you'll get an emerald from a green slime, sapphire from blue, ruby from red, and so forth and so on. Uh, and I want to have like a little merchant or something perched up on the island. And if you say give him five rubies, he will give you a fire spell. And so this will give players incentive to actually kill the slimes instead of blow past them. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's that was just an idea. It was kind of like the original idea, but I was like, we'll see. We'll put that one on 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 the shelf and see what kind of thermo we're working with. Uh, because uh, at the end of the level, once you climb the tower, beat the puzzles, kill the slimes, and then you cross this broken bridge over to this area, there is going to be like a main boss fight. And so, I'm thinking I'm going to need uh, at least 10% thermo on gameplay to make this boss fight so and we're kind of pushing the limits right now so i think i think i'm at sitting at like 72 so i think i think i have just enough breathing room to make this work um good i mean uh, your your process seems i say this as a person who's basically an idiot at game design like you're saying a lot of the things that make a successful project like the way you're approaching yeah. certain aspects of how you're building it and, and all of that. It's just, yeah, I've heard a few things I've seen at like little conferences come out from you and for, you know, you to come from your profession to dreams to creating this game that you like the game you've always wanted. And now moving on to this, like the big, the, one of my main questions is you've gone over it and you seem really excited about it like you've retained your excitement for building this game. Did, oh, yeah. have, have there been any rough times? Because a lot of people in dreams, you know, they start out with the enthusiasm of, Oh, I got to do this. I got to build this. And somewhere along the line, it just kind of falters almost like it's almost like a losing the will. How have you kept focused on these projects throughout your playtime on dreams? Okay, so I did lose the will, actually. Um, <laughs> however, there, there, there are two things that really reignited that spark for me. 
Uh, and the reason that I lost the wheel is because when I was creating the island, uh, first of all, I suck at environmental design. I just do. Um, at least in the beginning, if I can get some things put where I think they should be, then like it's like okay now i have a vision and then i can roll with it but it but but when it's just a blank slate it's like okay i guess a a tree could go right here but then it's <laughs> like now that tree just looks weird and out of place like how do i make yeah. all this make sense mm -hmm. you know like you know and and i want i want it to look purposeful as well like if there's a fence here, I don't want it to be just because like the game needs a fence. Like there has to be a reason why that is there, you know? Yeah. Um, so I want, I want my environments to make sense and I want them to be interesting to navigate and also interesting to look at. And so when starting out, I was just, you know, I had some elements that looked nice, but it just wasn't, fun to explore and so yeah as i was creating the island it was like okay how do i make this terrain look natural i looked up a bunch of pictures of islands and then i was like okay this is like a pretty good shape for what i'm going for and kind of did that and then i was like looking at like some anime pictures on google like trying to look up some different types of terrain and I mean, it, honestly, like just starting from scratch, trying to build a unique and interesting environment to traverse, it kind of took the steam right out of me. Uh, and then I was having to hand paint all of the elements because I was going for the cell shaded look, the like anime inspired graphics. And I was I was literally like painting the shadows and highlights on everything um in the beginning and it was like just overwhelming i was like man I, I i can't do this for literally like every single element um in <laughs> in this thing and so i kind of dropped it for like two months i didn't even touch it um but then stickers came out and uh when when stickers dropped i knew that this was my second wind I was like, I'm getting back in there and I'm doing this thing. Like, I mean, it just made it my workflow so much easier because like I was, there are no natural light sources in my game at all. All the lighting is done via uh, boxes, text boxes. Um, and it just, I can move the lighting as I need it to. And it's like in an instant, like the entire asset is like, there's a shadow where it should be or a highlight where it should be just in an instant. So text boxes like really slingshot at the trajectory uh, of this little project. Um, and also once I started doing some things with text boxes and I was, uh, uh, posting some more stuff on Twitter, like people were saying, like, "Oh, I really like this. This looks amazing. I can't, you know." Just the overwhelming positive feedback was like, "Okay, now I have to make this game because people like what I'm doing," uh, yeah. and that so stickers and like community support 
were were truly like the two driving forces to to get me out of that rut that I was in. And then once I started doing one thing, like I was like, okay, now that we have this little building, I know exactly what needs to be connected to it. And now that we have that, I know exactly what needs to go here. And then it was just like back after back, I was like, okay, like, uh, you know, once it was going, it was, it was like gone. And so, and, and now I'm at like the, the like last little stretch of the race where like most of the elements are laid out. Uh, it's just a matter of like finishing a few puzzles, getting things exactly how I want them to look. Uh, you know, doing little decorations. I want to add like some flowers and like some little like POIs that you can go to, like some little secret things you can find that maybe give you a little lore into the backstory of this world that I'm trying to build. Um, my just biggest option. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I just, my primary goal is for people to not do the thing that I do when I play other people's creations and dreams, which is give it a, about 120 seconds and then exit. Uh, you know, I played probably hundreds of games and dreams for maybe like three or four minutes. Um, and I just don't want people to do that. I want people to be like, okay, this seems pretty cool. You know, it's not going to take you forever to beat it. I just want you to, stick with it. And so I'm trying to introduce elements to get people to stick with it. Um, and the biggest hurdle that I've had to jump through in this little project is uh, the amount of text boxes I am using. There are literally hundreds in, in, in the scene. And of course, w there is a thermo limit for how many text boxes can be displayed at once. And so that that limit, like every which way you turn, you would hit it. And so mm. the way that I've been able to kind of uh, navigate that is to turn off text boxes that the player will not see. Um, and so I have you like half the island can be completely blank and you'd never know it. Um, because I have this, I have it set up in such a way uh, that when you when you are able to see it, um, it will be visible. When you are not able to see it, to save, stop from hitting that limit, you will it will be invisible, um, and it's seamless. You know, you can go through the whole map back and forth and never even realize it. Um, oh well, so you don't have any pop in at all or anything? No. Cool. No, yeah, I, I had to alleviate that. The first time I saw some of my text boxes turning off, I was like, man, this looks like crap. I got to do something about it. <laughs> so, uh, one of the things I wanted to go back to was uh, you talking about having people, like you mentioned it earlier, but then you just said it again, which is having people stick around for the to experience your game and you wanted your game to be an experience, uh, which brings me back to the conversation we were talking about a few episodes ago regarding um regarding like VR and so i would say like first off what would you say is the thing that makes cuz you say you're adding all these little things but what what exactly is the experience that you're looking to give with this project 
So um, if I can, if the only thing that I can do in this game is to make somebody say, wow, that looks really pretty. Like that's the experience that I'm going for. Um, and that's why I'm trying so hard to make sure that everything looks pretty at, at any given angle that you look at it. Um, because I just want people to like, you can blow through it and not care about the story, run past all the enemies. But after you've completed it, I just want you to, I just want people to say that was one of the prettiest games I've played on dreams. And, and if I can give you that experience, like that, uh, that alone would be sufficient for me. Um, you know, I was playing it earlier and there's like this little, there's this little area between two of the towers that's very close together where there's a little bridge and like, there's a gap, like a, a, a pretty narrow gap where you can kind of look out and see the terrain. And I was like, just sitting there looking out that gap for like a few minutes. And I was like, man, I really like what I'm seeing here, you know, and I hope somebody when they're navigating this area of the map as well, when they're crossing this little bridge, I want them to stop here too and look out, look through this gap at the, at the world. And uh, of course I got like little sound effects. So it sounds like the wind is rushing through that gap and you know, just take a second and stop and look, you know, that's what I want to give people like they're playing through it and they just have to stop and look and be like, wow, it's really pretty from this angle, you know? Hey, it's Daryl from chat said, I will look at every gap. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, like I said, when I first came across your work, it like on, on this new game, I was just blown away, like uh, with the character design, with the look you've achieved. It had... It had like hints of of um, what is it Dragon Quest? Dragon Quest, yeah. yeah. In, in it, and I was just like, awesome. But I I, I want to shift off into your origins, which is you're a tattooer by trade, or I don't know how yeah. to how do you how what is that called? Like I feel like tattooer sounds like I'm in kindergarten. You tattoo <laughs> like a tattooer, but a tattist. What what how, what is that? You say tattoo artist. That's tattoo artist. There we go. That there you go. Is there something in that profession that makes you extremely efficient at dreams? I ask because you're the third tattooer, well, mm. tattoo artist that I, that I've seen where that I know they're a tattoo artist and every time I'm blown away. So I'm wondering if there's anything you think that's to the trade that makes it so if like, I guess creating a style or conveying the art in the way that all of you seem to do, like, is it, is it something to the trade? Yeah. You know, um, I think that, tattoo artists have experience in doing art in such a way that they know other people will enjoy it because that's what they have to do. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if, if, if your profession is to do some, do something artistic for somebody in a way that, that they would require you, you, you begin to uh, build uh, experience 
in like how can I how can first you 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 have an understanding typically um and you know this isn't true of every artist or every tattoo artist but but most um they typically just have an understanding uh of the way that art works you know and then and then in addition to that they have an understanding of the way that art works for other people uh because if you make a painting you know uh, you don't have to particularly please anybody but yourself when you paint and then you hang it up and if somebody else happens to like it they can buy it but when you are in a profession where whereas you are doing art directly for somebody and they have to be pleased with it because it's literally a part of them when you once you've completed it and so um, you know, I, when I approach, when I approach my creative process with dreams, I am always thinking about, uh, what will other people enjoy here? Um, you know, it's not necessarily about what I would like. Maybe I want to see a fire breathing dragon, you know, decimating the land, but it's not <laughs> about that. You know, yeah. it's about like, what, what will other people want to see here? What will help other people? Uh, what will, you know, make, what will make somebody want to explore this area of my map or what, you know, visually just things, what, what is, what about this is going to, uh, you know, be pleasing to someone other than myself. And, and I think that, you know, um, tattooers have experience in that regard because they, they don't do art for themselves. You know, they do art for other people consistently. Um, and I, and I think, you know, uh, you know, when I look at Willow's project uh, and, and I see, uh, you know, the, the found footage stuff, it's like, man, you know, this is it's it's fun and it's engaging and like, you know, it, it's it's aesthetic, you know, it, 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 it checks all the boxes. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's entertaining. And I think to I think to be an entertainer, you have to know what people like. Yeah. And so. Okay. Uh, I mean, that all makes sense. Uh, how many How many birthday month flowers have you tattooed? Oh, I can't tell you. Uh, <laughs> Just talking with with Willow, that is like one of the things that she always has to do, and it's. I uh, I literally have a folder of uh, birth flowers. Yeah. Uh, Cause I get it so consistently. I just literally have them like on, on a file ready to print at any given moment, like wow. two or three variations of each birth flower because you know, yeah, it's like after the thousandth time, I can only draw the same flower so many different ways. So, you know, at some point you're just going to have to get the same thing somebody else is wearing. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. it's like, you know, so, you know, you just, you're just getting it from the sheet at this point. <laughs> well, at least you have the sheet. That's it. It's all, oh, yeah. all in preparation. All yeah. in preparation. So, so oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, the art style that you have for, for your character, obviously, it looks very 
theme from Dragon Quest, was that an inspiration when it came in? I know like anime was an inspiration for the art style of and the theme of what you wanted to go for with this game, but was Dragon Quest specifically something that you are fond of and that was incorporated into the design, or is it just a, a lucky coincidence? Uh, you know, I have never played Dragon Quest, but I have heard several people say that this looks like Dragon Quest. And it all I've also heard somebody say it looks like a, like a, a new age version of uh, Quest 64. Um, huh. neither, neither one of those have I played, so it, it's just a coincidence. Wow. Um, yeah. Word. Oh, let me see here. Oh, that's right. I wanted to... Um, this uh, split-screen multiplayer video that you have up on your... Yes. Uh, on your Twitter. Was this, was this when it was more towards the the uh, like directional shooter angle you were talking about? Oh, no, no. That, that was just something for fun, to be honest. Uh, it's just... It's not... It's just clever trickery is all it is. Um, <clears throat> I would love to see split screen in dreams, uh, but I know that's not going to happen. Uh, <clears throat> basically, what that video is all about is the characters themselves aren't actually moving. The environment beneath them is. And and the environment is flipped. Uh, the environment is flipped on either side. And there's a remote control dummy that is mirrored on either side as well. So it gives the illusion of a split screen, but it's all just trickery. Um, <laughs> Movie magic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'm glad that you mentioned multiplayer because I am dying for some multiplayer on Dreams. Oh, like, like you probably missed. Yeah, that's the thing we always talk about to the point where I was like, nobody come out of here talk about multiplayer. Anymore. Multiplayer is our birth flowers. No. Yeah. But, but, um, but yeah, I mean, <sighs> do we want to do, do we want to do we want to well, go into it? It's I, to give us your thoughts. Give yeah, us your let's, have, let's at least yeah. have our guest thoughts on it. Yeah, go on. Okay, my thoughts are: I imagine online multiplayer is more difficult than I think it is, um, and so I am just willing to, you know, I am making multiplayer games i've created like two multiplayer games in dreams it'd be fun if there was an online element um even if there was a split screen element that'd be pretty cool uh because uh, at least you could use share play to kind of you know have that same experience uh i do want to make depending on what kind of thermal i got i do want to make uh this game that i'm working on now co-op and I think it'd be really fun. I, I just love multiplayer games. Mm. Uh, and so, like, any game that I create in Dreams, like, I aspire to make it multiplayer. It's just what I do. Um, and so, yeah, online multiplayer would be really fun. I don't know what that would look like. I just, if even if it were, like, three years from now, I just would at least appreciate if uh you know maybe media molecule would say something about it you know I mean, i'm not gonna the, uh, jamie if you want to take another moment to you know really put your highlight spin on their message the other week but 
They're, no. they're looking. They're looking into it. Is is I mean, they're looking yeah. into it? Yeah, for the past couple of years, I, they've been looking into it. I, I I just think that at this point, it's it's the number one requested thing from the community. And oh yeah, if any mention of it at all, I think would just cause a stir. Uh, so I think from their perspective, I think it's best for them just to stay quiet until they've at least got something to show. Right. Or, or yeah. like, to be able to even have, like, an idea of when it will come out. Like, I personally don't think they even have a clue when it's going to be able to come uh, out themselves. Yeah. So until they at least have a, an idea of when they think it's going to come out, they shouldn't say nothing. And that's the way I'm looking at it. At this point, they yeah. don't even know, so why would they even bother saying anything? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. So, um... As I was telling you earlier, because I do kind of want to go into this topic before we go uh, any deeper, I guess, or more into the realm of of dreams. Uh, you told me that you do back up your stuff in the cloud. I do. Okay, because I God. I looked on <laughs> I looked in the in dreams folder, and mine looks like a crap show. But <laughs> but um, you know there was. Uh, Recently, we had a, another another Dreams Great deal with the data corruption issue. Mm. And I just really wanted to talk about, like, have you ever had one? Uh, fortunately, I have not. No, neither have I. May God continue to bless you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, like, it's a lot. Like I was saying before we started, like dealing for once again, because this is more of a P a public service announcement for anyone who comes across the podcast. No matter what, I don't care how close you're trying to play something to the chest or what, you back it up to the cloud because you do not want to see what losing all your work will do to you mentally. I'm a perfect example. <laughs> I, I, I like I am not on dreams as much as I want to be to this day because of my data corruption there's mm. always that one thing like in the back of my mind holding me back being like you know what's gonna go wrong next like you know we've all been here like we've all heard my story uh now where my first year of work before I even got involved with the dreams community was erased an entire year's worth of work. My movie was erased yeah. and I couldn't get it back. So I, I, I know there's a bunch of people uh, that think jet Yeti's one of them who be playing around with fire, but I'm telling, I'm, I'm going to continue to insist that you don't because it it really does mess with you mentally and like me and dreams have, have have kind of like like we're friends with benefits but mm -hmm. i see how but i can still appreciate how great dreams is because i get to see all the work from everyone that we talk to all the posts people make on twitter the the love of the community all there but just for me personally it's been something that like i fight with still to this day, like mm -hmm. a year and a half, almost two years later, it stunts me from putting my everything into dreams. So public service announcement, back your stuff up to the cloud. Don't play around with that. It's not a game. You're going to be mad. That's, that's just the bottom line. So anyway, 
anyway, I just, I needed to come out and say that that was, I, I had told people when we, when we had to cancel last week and I was, um, and I was just streaming for my, uh, or not last week, last week was my birthday, the week before mm. last, I was telling people there was a topic that I really wanted to go over and whether or not you can even come back from it. Cause sometimes I think I can't come back to, from, from losing all my work. Like even now, even though there's things I do and I've gotten better and I well, can yeah, do was, what I did. What I was going to say now it, is like, it, even like now you've, you've got so much better with like your art style, your sculpting, even like your animation stuff that I've seen you do. Like, is it still really holding you back if like now you could have probably remade by now? It's purely mental. And I'm telling you, the mental part is real strong. Yeah. <laughs> the dark side is real strong because I can do it, but then you have to think of all the other neurotic things that I have the, with the way I approach creating with like my, if it can't look the way I want it to look, then I just, I guess, I, I guess it, I, yeah. I can't do it. And like you take that, then you take emotional damage. Yeah, damage. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, it really is. But then you think of, um, you know, there's that angle. Then there's the other thing. Like slowly I'm trying to deal with all my ridiculous hangups that I have mentally with like, first it was using other people's stuff, which I still have an issue with sometimes, but especially after you made that comment the other week talking about how people are just piecing together assets and you made it sound like it was like the the most damnable offense even though dreams tells you to do it but it's see it's those those yeah, little comments yeah, that yeah. make and me want to be like mm. yeah so let me ask you chris before i continue to ramble uh <clears throat> what would you say has been your biggest blow when it like as far as to the stunting of your creativity or something that really kind of shook you with dreams like whether it be new news that's come out like what really like i guess it, it doesn't have to be a negative thing i know i just went like super negative with my neurotic nature but like is there been something that's been like a other than multiplayer <laughs> that's been like yeah. man i can't wait for them to to add this or do this or man i wish this wasn't something impeding me is there anything like that um, definitely Thermo, um, makes me like the game. Uh, I get it. There, there needs to be Thermo. You know, I, I understand that it's in the, that it's a necessity. Um, but man, Thermo, like if anything discourages me more in dreams, it's Thermo. Uh, because I mean, I want to create like an open world you know, the size of Manhattan. I can't do that, you know, uh, and, and make it in. I, I could probably do it, but everything would be a, a simple square and probably a single flecky looking sculpt. Um, so yeah. it's like if you want, it's like either your game is large and looks like crap or it, it's very small and looks better. Uh, and so like just trying to find like the balance of like, because some of the architecture in my game looks a little flecky. I can't get around that, you know. Um, uh, you know, I am I'm impeded by by thermo. It, you know, it, it has to look flecky. If it, you know, um, 
if I, you know, if I want structures to be large, if I want them to be dy dynamic, there, there's a trade-off. And so I wish there was a way to, to offset that trade-off. Um, like even if there were a system where like maybe, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. Like if, if there was a way to where maybe we could spawn in sculpts when you can see them and like delete them, uh, when you can't see them and like that would open up thermo but but i mean even if you want to emit logic or a sculpt or something like that like it still goes toward the cost you know you still can't exceed you know even even if you destroy it you know you might save on some gpu and uh and and all that um but that thing still exists within the scene you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, it, so it's still taking up your thermo, and so when I mean I, I'm literally like, there's like this cyberpunk project or something this guy's working on in dreams. It blows me away. It's like, dude, how in the world are you able to create like this open world city with the limitations? Like my first ever project in dreams, I was making a fighting game with like six characters and then like four characters in i found out like oh yeah like i can't have you know i i can't even have four characters in the scene like i wanted wanted it to be like a you could choose from six different characters uh and it was going to be like a four player kind of deal kind of like fighting force um, but then when I realized that, uh, you know, I put all this work into these characters to make them cool and, you know, fun. And and then uh, I realized I couldn't even have two at a time, like like two at a time was like pushing 98 percent graphics thermo. And it was very discouraging to me um, because it's like I wanted to have like it's like either I delete like a ton of stuff that these guys can do. Mm hmm. Or I just accept the fact that there's only ever going to be two of them on screen. And so, you know, once I figured out that, like, the the thermo limits were really easy to hit, that really discouraged me from wanting to create in Dreams. Um, and, like, I actually built Clockwork on top of that that fighting force style game that I was going to make, I actually used the bones of that and basically scrapped about 70% of it and just rebuilt it from the ground up almost. Um but but I but I used that kind of laid the foundation for the for the clockwork characters. Um and so I was just trying to figure out okay um can I at least do all the cool stuff I want to do and have two of them on screen, maybe even three. Uh, and, and, you know, through some hard work, I was able to get like a three player mode on clockwork um, and still keep them dynamic and fun. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, Thermo has been been discouraging. It, it really discouraged me from even trying to make uh, the game that I'm making now because it was like, can I make this island look rich and interesting and lush and cool and. You know, am I really going to be able to do that with, within the parameters, you know? 
Um, so for me, you know, that that's been my biggest opposition. Um, I thought that was going to be your answer because every time you said thermo, I got a feeling <laughs> like through, oh, the, yeah. <laughs> through the last hour, every time you said thermo, I was like, there's something there. <laughs> like oh, yeah. oh yeah. It's hurting I mean, him. You know, yeah, even talking about pain. <laughs> you know, even you know, I understand there has to be limitations, but man, like I want like like even with the enemies in my game, like they all of their projectiles are text boxes. Um and so like I need to at least be able to have like 30 text boxes on top of like the hundreds that are already in the scene at any given moment for this game to work. Uh, and so, yeah, just hitting limits has been, it's been, it's been, it's been hitting me, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and Jamie, what's yours? For me, what the, my biggest hurdle. Yeah. Like your biggest to hang up something that you got to, and you were like, uh, like, it just it, it it didn't it didn't completely you know deplete the wind from the sails, but it was just like a ah I gotta work around this like yeah it it it's pretty much for me was when I first attempted to make a game in dreams myself solo was was trying to to hit the style that I wanted and I I couldn't get around it so that's why I changed plans and met and moved to a different game that didn't require graphics at all. Because for me, it's just something I just can't get over. Like, I know I'd have to spend at least 200 hours figuring out how to get the style I wanted in the game that I was making. And I just didn't have the 200 hours to invest into that. So that's why I switched gears. Hmm. I'm going to tell you, and I know people are probably going to roll their eyes, but there's what the biggest thing I. Well. Well, let me ask this first, Chris. When you're when you're doing all this building, do you use the um, Dual Shock or are you a move creator? Uh, you know, I've tried the moves and uh, I couldn't couldn't quite get on board with them. I know they're great. I know they are, but I'm using Dual Shock. Okay. Well, me too. Me too. Um, <laughs> and I also tried the moves, but I do think something was wrong with them or something. Cause I just could not get them to right. do what other people like the basics. I'm like right. it's shaking all over the place. Like there's, it can't, I can't hit anything. Like it's, it's just, it, it was yeah. a horrible experience for me. But one of the things I was waiting for, and I really thought it was going to happen this uh, this holiday season. But like I said, it's been hard for me to like truly jump back into dreams and start dedicating that. Like when I, that first year of dreams, when I was working on the movie, um, basically I would get up in the morning at about six o'clock, go sit down in front of dreams and I would work on dreams until about five in the afternoon when my wife would be like, Hey, let's watch something. But I would like, I was dedicating like that much time every day for a year. Don't ask me about my lifestyle. I, I was able to do it and actually be a productive part of society. But the point is, <laughs> is that like, but I feel like there is a level of design that, 
is achievable on moves that you can't achieve on the DS4 or 5. I just, like not without it taking way longer than it should to be able to create the texture on that wall, the right. the you know, the thing Why? that works because you like because you can it's the nat or? it's the yeah. natural movement that yeah multi move said definitely depth based things like yeah yeah it, it's it's that and and I'm not and believe me I've seen people do things with the DS4 DS5 that are just insane but one of the main things that I notice from people that the community knows. They all use move that, that are widely known in the community. And even with my moves being dysfunctional, I could tell it's like, if this was working, this would be it. And I would say the biggest blow, cause of course we've all had the thermo, you know, we've had the limitations of ourselves, you know, mm. yeah, <laughs> you know, definitely. <laughs> the limitations of ourselves, our current artistic ability, stuff like that. But I would say the biggest blow I've gotten, because I always believe with Thermo, it's like, okay, I just need to learn to optimize better, or I need to, mm. yeah, or or I need to truly understand what I'm working with. And you know, there are people who their biggest asset, like their biggest claim in dreams is the fact that they are masters at the optimization angle. <laughs> like yeah. they can do so much in so little space that it's mind blowing, like more mind blowing than a lot of things. But the biggest blow for me, I'll stop beating around the bush. We talked about it a few weeks ago is when they said there wasn't going to be a dreams PS five version or that they're looking into it. I was really hoping and really excited about about my return being on PSVR 2. Like I was like, okay, I'll have a new set of things that are like the moves. They'll be better at tracking, you know, and then I can jump back in and I can create at a speed that's not discouraging for me. And, you know, because mostly as I tell people, I do character design and I do it because that's something that I can relatively, because it's so small, I can work fast within character design just on the on the dual shocks. But the moment I have to go out into like building like a city or you know, just a screen, just a shot, and it's like it becomes so much more of, of a okay, well, now I know this is gonna take me three weeks as opposed to the speed that I think I would have if I had a more fluid interface, if that makes sense. So my biggest blow, because, you know, we've talked about all the other stuff, but it really, I don't, I, I don't think people understood how much it really took the wind out of mm -hmm. my sails to not have PSVR two, at least at the time of what now where, when, when we're talking to not be an option. Mm. it thing, really got me like even if psvr 2 was on the table for them and they said yeah it is coming like whenever it comes whatever you'd still have the disadvantage with psvr 2 
with the fact that you wouldn't be able to use those controllers without using the headset because they they track directly from the cameras around the headset. So you'd have to be in VR all the time if you wanted to use the controllers in Dreams. And, and I had already moves, made that decision. Yeah. You I had already made. I I, I I I had already made the decision. I was like, I'm I'm buying PSVR two. It just doesn't. There's no other way. So it's like that's gonna yeah. be what I do. I was ready to give hundreds of dollars on a technology that I always have hope for, but also recognize a lot of its shortcomings. So it, like dreams, P- dreams was the only reason that I was going to buy. PSVR 2. Now I have no reason to buy it. So, like, I mean, that was. It, it, it still could be coming, though. I mean, it's not on. Yeah, the oh, yeah. Like, like I right said, like, you know. as we're talking now, mm. they could blow me away. And, you know, if MM did, you know, me and this bum knee would be sliding across asphalt to kiss feet. But I'm just saying, like, I just, you know, as, as of this moment, that announcement really took the the okay 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 entropy you always come in here and you always <laughs> come up in here acting like I, bruh i went through three pairs of moves three did you try replacing three the camera? yes okay and it just was not working like I don't know what it was. I thought it might have been the lighting, so I tried it in every room of my of my then apartment. And then it moved. I tried it in the rooms of the house. I tried everything. I ended up just getting. I'm like, there's something about the technology that doesn't work for me with the tracking for the PSVR two and everything. It made it seem like that could be a true, mm, true version. You know, of yeah, a truer version, version of what I had. Um, have you? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Entropy says, have you considered the possibility they are actually functioning perfectly? <laughs> Yo, that's funny. That's, <laughs> that's funny. And you know what? I have considered it. <laughs> it's like, because this is, yeah, 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 and I was just like, this, you know, this is, and I, and for a long time, I was like, yo, it's just me. Like, I just don't understand how this is supposed to work. But then other people verified that they were having the same problem too. And that's why and they never the went issue? into moves. Was, was it drifting or? It's, it's just, it doesn't, it's, how would I put this? Because at least from my experience with PSVR, I had PSVR 1 at launch. And like the games that supported move controllers, so you had hands in VR, like mm-hmm. not specifically dreams or, you know, actual VR games. It, it Although it was a bit finicky, it worked. And so from my personal experience with moves, I would say that they would work well enough to use for dream shaping. So I'm trying to figure out what your actual issue was. Like my experience was that it didn't, basically it didn't tell distance very well. So like when I would be trying to make something uh with it using it more as like a paintbrush or a pencil but with Mm. sculpt i didn't have the control i needed or the 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 depth reading of it wasn't Mm. proper like i could hold my hand straight out do this click to start sculpting do this and every piece of it would be on a different plane and and things like precision 
Yeah, it was just mm. the precision that I thought existed within it and that people I, I've seen people get it. Like I've I've sat and watched people's streams that are using it or videos on YouTube and they don't seem to have that hiccup. Like I just see them, you know, mm. just cutting the hedges with the, with the moves, just doing it up. And I'm just like, I've tried this. I don't I don't get why it just doesn't. It, I, I couldn't see what the difference was between what they were trying to do with it and doing and my approach to it in doing. So I just chalked it up to, you know, maybe it's just I need something new. I need something that's done well, a different way. One last question, because I'm just trying to do a process of elimination here. Have you tried it since with the PS5 using the PS4 camera adapter? Because I think uh, you had major issues with your PS4. Maybe it was an issue with the PlayStation itself. It maybe. wasn't processing it properly. Maybe, but I did not get the adapter because to get the adapter, you had to have PSVR. And I didn't have PSVR because of reasons explained. But anyway. eBay, anyway. bro. eBay. Oh, for a second, I thought you said ego. And I'm like, well, that could pro probably be the thing. <laughs> Have Martin come over and use your moves. It's the only scientific way to evaluate. It really is. It really is. Like, but at this time now, I just got rid of them. I was like, I'm done with this frustration. Yeah. I should not have to work this hard to get the technology to work. Mm. So once PSVR 2 was announced, I was like, that's my angle. That's the, that's gonna be when I try again. And unfortunate. But Anyway, anyway, anyway. So, did you have any more questions for Chris here? Um, no, he's he was very proficient with with his uh, commentary on everything. He really covered all the bases, didn't he? Didn't he? Yeah. Fant it's fantastic. I love it when a guest just really just deep dives into their stuff. Hey, we gotta appreciate it. We love it around here. We love it. So. Didn't you say something like you didn't you have an end of show topic that you wanted to go over? And I want to do this because it's it's nice and spicy. But no, this was my topic from two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, the PlayStation versus Activision Blizzard Microsoft deal. Oh yes. Mm. Chris, let's start with Chris, because I want to know what Chris thinks. I don't want Chris to go silent on us. Yeah. Chris, are you familiar with this with this happenstance? I am not, but I'd love to be filled in. All right, nope. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Because you have you have the take that is that is more synonymous with everyone. So you give them the rundown. Okay, so I will go afterwards. Then come on, you go first. You give me your take, and then I'll give you mine. Basically, all it is is word on the street, and in on every street, if you go to video game journals, is that. Hi, oh, Bad Robo, one second. Bad hey. Robo checking in from YouTube. Hi, everyone. I also had a problem with PS Moves. I found my PS Moves only worked well when they were fully charged. Sir. <laughs> Mine stayed on the charger. So that's definitely not, that, but that wasn't the problem. But I actually have heard that before, Bad Robo. Actually, like I have heard someone say that. Um, which was one of the reasons mine lived on the charger. Cause I was, <laughs> I was just like, I want to attack every possible problem. The only one I haven't done so far is having, uh, Martin come over to my house 
to actually, <laughs> I've been trying to get him, but to get him over to my house so he can test them or he could have tested them before I said, screw it. And basically ejected them from my house. Um, but yeah, back to the point, back to the point. So, um, basically PlayStation versus the Activision Blizzard Microsoft deal is basically PlayStation has been, according to reports, um, Jim Ryan has been on a, um, how would you say a tour to many different countries <laughs> that would need to authorize this buyout from Microsoft to acquire and explaining to them why it's a bad idea uh, to have that exclusivity with Activision Blizzard or the possibility of exclusivity, uh, which everyone being the internet immediately immediately was like playstation you're hypocrites you get exclusivity stuff all the time and you know it's gotten real public lately because microsoft came out and of course with activision blizzard the main topic is call of duty and they're like look if every single call of duty player left playstation and came to xbox they would still or we would still not compare to the player base of playstation which is interesting. Then Microsoft went on a self-defeatist kind of tour talking about how poorly they're doing in the market compared to the other major hitters. That was that was weird. That was I mean I, I mean it was weird but at the same time cool, I guess. I no, but it's just like we're so small in the gaming industry like we're so we only yeah let's not talk about that we're owned by the largest conglomerate in the world we're such a tiny place please let us have something it's just so great to me it's just i'm like please i was like pitch you you you're microsoft like you you own the internet like come on (laughs) you beat people (laughs) with your wallet for fun like (laughs) (laughs) so anyway so that's kind of the setup is that the internet is like sony stop being whining babies because you you get exclusivity on a bunch of other stuff uh and everybody seems to be piling on jim ryan for doing it and it's all business so i don't really see anything wrong with what he's doing it's smart business wise but i want to now go into with that being the case and the idea that the exclusivity that would like the IPs that exclusivity would affect if they were to buy Activision Blizzard. What do you think of, Chris, the, the, I guess, the situation? Should Sony be trying to step up and be like, hey, your terms aren't agreeable. We can't, you can't take this, you know, IP from us. We have no validation that you will keep it, uh, or will keep it an open experience and not exclusive to Xbox. Just, I guess, off the top, as this is probably the first thing you're hearing of it. Yeah, um, I think it could be a. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think that it would uh, be a wise decision to put, uh, you know, some of your player base in jeopardy. Um, and uh, you know, um, I know that Call of Duty has a uh, quite a significant uh, player base. Um, and I, I just, I feel that, um, I don't know. I feel that if, uh, Sony were to say, okay, you know, you can have this thing, um, uh, and it could potentially be an exclusive for Xbox. 
I just feel like that would be uh, bad in a monetary sense. I think if you want to, uh, you know, if you want to be business minded, um, then uh, it it just makes more sense to retain your player base um, because it it opens more opportunities to, um, you know, if you truly want to, uh, you know, and I'm sure they're not struggling financially by any means. But if you truly want to, uh, you know, be prosperous in this venture, uh, it just makes more sense to keep doors open uh, for players uh, to experience their games on your platforms. Um, because if, if you know, for example, such a large title uh, as Call of Duty were an Xbox exclusive, uh, I mean, people, I mean, there are a significant amount of people that will just migrate from PlayStation um, mm. to Xbox. And then if that happens, um, uh, then what about all the uh, the other games that are, you know, uh, Sony exclusive or all the other games that that those players could have potentially bought into? Uh, I mean, you you not only lose, you know, you not only lose players over one game, but potentially over hundreds of others simply because if they're on Xbox now, they're just going to buy Xbox games, you know. Um, so yeah. that's my take at a glance. Okay. Well, Jamie's going to give you more well, some some other sides I, because we well, disagree on this topic, which is why I think it's so fun. Well, it's it's funny. I've been following this like I've been following everything with it, and and my opinion shifts with the more information that we receive, and it's it's such an interesting thing because. Like, before I get into my opinion with everything, I just find it really interesting. Like, first it was with Fortnite, with the Apple and Epic. We managed to find out a ton of insider information, you know, into the world of the the corporation of gaming industry. Like, the stuff that you just wouldn't see. And we've seen even more of that now with this whole Activision Blizz thing. And it's really cool just to be able to get an insight into how these businesses operate with all of this stuff going public. Um... My opinion on it, I I can totally understand why Sony is doing what they're doing to try and keep Call of Duty. Like, I can completely understand it. They've built a relationship with Activision Blizzard for the last 10 years, doing all of the exclusive stuff in the game to associate Call of Duty with their brand. And, and that's why, you know, Sony has such a strong holding uh, player base with Call of Duty is because of the work and money that they've invested into the IP to get the players to come to them and spend the money with them. So for that to just be uplifted and taken away, I can understand why they'd be crying to the CMA and to all these other regulators to try and get it to stay multiplat because they've put a lot of money into it. I don't think they should have been as public with it. I think that was really it. it's really damaging to your public face. I, I know they can't really help a lot of it it just has to come out publicly because you know it's it's the cma and it's regulatory is done for it's it's for the public so that's why a lot of it becomes public but i think it has damaged their face uh it's made them look very weak in terms of you know what they have and 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 where they stand in the industry even though they are the market leader um but yeah my opinion has has sort of shifted and like you know oh don't tell me that no, 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 no. You no. took my a pin, week my, off, my, yeah. and now you're going to come back and bring some <laughs> no, soft... No, 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 no. I think that... I really do believe that Phil Spencer is completely lying through his teeth. 
100%. I really do think he's lying through his teeth because, like, he's been saying now in all of these interviews and stuff, he's just done one with the Wall, Wall Street Journal and things. Like, these interviews seem very coincidental how they're placed and what's been quoted from it. Um, like, he's saying, oh, no, like, we want to keep it on PlayStation. We'd never take it away. It's part of our business model and we, we, just, we want it for the players and all of that. Like, I don't care what anybody says. You don't pay $70 billion for a company and not want to make that stuff exclusive so that players come to you. It's as simple as that. I just don't see a world where you're willing to spend that much money and not want to lock it down to your console. I mean, that's so, just, that's what that's what we do. Like, you know, you, you have games and you lock them down to your console to bring players to your to your console. Like, why would you spend this amount of money to keep it open platform? If it was anybody else, I would say they'd have to keep it open platform in order for the revenue to come in. But it's Microsoft we're talking about. They can easily lose the money for the long-term game of pulling PlayStation players to Xbox. Yeah. I mean, the angle that I approached it, because he does say, I don't, first of all, I really like Phil Spencer. Even though I, I'm, not the, I'm not the biggest uh, advocate for Xbox. Um, not that I hate it or anything. It's just that, they really hurt me with Xbox one and I'm not willing to let them go just yet. Um, what the angle that I see for the main group of people are like PlayStation stop whining. They said they're going to keep it open, which like you said, paying 70 billion, like it makes sense that they would want to keep it open because why would you cut off that money? But at the, the same time, but at the same Yeah. But, I don't think people realize how big, even with all its pitfalls over the last couple of years, how big Call of Duty is. And that's why even from the beginning of hearing this, I'm like, I don't see what the problem is. Like, this makes sense to me. Like, why PlayStation would try to fight this. And I'll, there's also a difference between exclusivity in, like, a perk than exclusivity in the IP itself. Like oh, yeah, pe people have, difference. people have short memories because I have always believed and I, I, maybe I'm wrong. Y'all in chat, tell me if this isn't the case, but I've always believed that the reason that we don't get more shooters is because back when everyone tried to create their own shooters, Call of Duty killed them. I don't know if this is true or not, but it's the reason that I always thought that Gorilla left Killzone behind. Mm. And everyone else who tried to create, like back when the the first uh, Modern Warfares are coming, were coming out and uh, uh, from Respawn, uh, the old Respawn. And, <laughs> and um you know, it was it, anybody who tried to create a first person shooter during that time just could not do it unless it was Halo. That was like the only thing that could survive in that market. And then everyone stopped trying until the Battle Royale format hit. Now everybody's trying to do that to get into the space. Mm -hmm. but competitive shooters call of duty killed everyone else it did it wasn't it wasn't monetarily fiscally responsible 
to try to create a first-person shooter. So when I hear things like the only thing I think I've disagreed with Phil Spencer on in this whole back and forth is when he said that, um, when he said that, you know, we, we plan to keep it, you know, open for three years, which Mm. PlayStation was like, we can't trust them because there was two other properties. I can't remember what they were, but there were two other properties that Microsoft bought the company and they became not their, like their next iterations aren't actually on PlayStation Uh, anymore. So so the, the next Hellblade, which was originally the original Hellblade was on PlayStation. Hellblade two is not coming to PlayStation. Now it's, it's Xbox only. Uh, the Outer Wilds was originally on PlayStation. Outer Wilds 2 will now be a uh, Xbox exclusive. Starfield was also being developed for PlayStation, and that now, too, is also going to be exclusive. Yeah, and Bad Robo, and I'm, I don't want to... I try not to skip people, but he said, my God, how many hours have I spent in Killzone 3 multiplayer, one of the best multiplayers? Absolutely. I personally go back to Killzone 2 because that was so different from anything else I had played in that arena that it was wild. But getting back to the point, it's just with that being the case and Phil Spencer being like, you know, and in that three years, Sony has the ability to develop another first person shooter to compete. And I'm like, can they? It's not a it's not no. even a matter of whether or not they can create something good no. because of course they can. Yeah. That has but, nothing to do with it. But it has nothing to do with whether or not it can survive in the market against a game that literally has been the top selling game every year for the last like eight to ten years. You just but can't the, bo- the, the bottom line is is Sony could make the best shooter that has ever, ever been made but it doesn't have the name Call of Duty. And that's what people recognize. That's what people go for. The brand recognition with Call of Duty is so strong. Even when there is a crap Call of Duty, it's still number one in the charts because it's a Call of Duty game. That's that's that, that's it. Yeah, that's all it has to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Johnny Biscotti said, hot take, shooters are boring. I, I, I made that hot take uh, and got got destroyed. <laughs> well, not destroyed, but people do not agree with me because I also think that most, like, really all a game has to do to make me not really give it a shot unless I'm literally guilted by friends is to show me a gun. Like, that's where it's, go- that's where it's gotten to now. When I see a gun in a game... I kind of, unless it's something where it's just like, I'm going to try it. I know the developer, whether, you know, for people in dreams and stuff like that. I want to see what they come up with. I'm always hoping that what I call the least evolved genre in gaming, which is first person shooters, um, like whether or not I'm going to see something new. I always talk about the things that really have changed, like, or that really have brought something new to the table. And for me, in the last decade and a half, it's Killzone 2. Um, well, the Killzone franchise, Titanfall. And Titanfall 2 is still one of the most underrated games ever. Anyway, uh, someone said somewhere, what was, where was it? I think it was... Uh, there we go. Synox said uh, Crash Bandicoot and Spyro are also owned by Activision Blizzard. Yeah. 
So it's, I say fight it. <laughs> Even if you don't win yeah. it, and I don't care I, how it looks, and I thought I think that they only went public with it because, like, PlayStation only went public with it because they didn't expect people to have this reaction, which honestly makes no sense to me either. I it's mean, like you would think in the in the realm of con- uh, someone also just put this in chat. I, I saw it out of the corner of my eye. Like you have to believe that in the in the Hope of consumer experience. You would think that the consumer wouldn't fight you on this. More possibility and openness. I mean, hell, wasn't it Xbox last generation? Like, trying to get one over on PlayStation by being like, you know, we allow cross-play. If only Sony would come around. Like, I don't don't know. It just... The, the difference, in my opinion, the difference between the two companies, Sony and Xbox, is Sony has spent the last 20 years building their studios, developing games that people want to play. Right? Xbox has is beh- is always been behind in terms of exclusive content, in-house games, and now they're at a point where they're like, we can't do it. We can't do what Sony does. We can't create IPs that last... We can't create IPs that gain the momentum, so instead we're just going to use Daddy Microsoft's pocket and buy them instead. That's the main difference. Sony creates games, Xbox buys them. And that's why this is such a big... This is why this is such a big deal, because this is just the beginning of the end. Like, if Microsoft can afford to spend $69 billion on this, and it goes through... They've already said that after this deal goes through, because they're very confident that it will, that they ain't done buying publishers, let alone game studios, publishers. Their goal is to become the Amazon of gaming by buying up everything, locking it down to Game Pass, because Game Pass is playable on PC, Xbox and phone. They have that marketing value to say it can be played anywhere. It can be played in the cloud. It can be played in your phone. so the exclusivity of it is less dampening than that of what Sony does, locking it down to one specific piece of hardware. Yeah. And, and that that's the danger that we have. If we let this deal go through, what else are they gonna buy? Yeah. And that's and that's really the big thing because I was having this conversation with my uh gamer friend for those who saw me playing with him last week uh on Returnal on stream. Um because he's he's like He's in the middle, and but he's like angry with every side of this argument. He's like, he's like, this is stupid. But Bad Robo said the only competition for COD is Battlefield, and Battlefield was always niche. Yeah, it's like not, it it's had it. It had its players, and it could rely on that piece of them of the thing. But now they're losing that because they keep messing up. They keep doing things that are just ridiculously dumb. Yeah, but that's, that's, that's also because all of the people who originally were with the company when like with the companies when the originals that people know and love were made, they're all gone now. Um, which is why we have that. What's that new game coming out? It's the new one with from the developers of Battlefield, but they have their own company now and like the entire level is destructible and you can blow out floors from under people's feet. They showed it on IGN oh, like yeah. a week and a half ago, yeah. two two weeks yeah. ago. Oh, uh, what's the name of it? Oh, damn. I can't think. 
Yeah, it looked very impressive. Like, yeah, really technically early. impressive. Yeah, um, it's it's more like a game show kind of thing. Is that is it? We're we talking about the same one. Like it was pre like the trailer was presented kind of like game showy. There's is it called, yeah yeah. Is it isn't it called the game show or something? The show or something? So it's something something. Yeah. But it looks insane. So anyway, back back Final. to the point. Fantasy multi move the finals. Yeah. So. Before we, uh, I guess, let's get back to the to the game at hand because we've gone over our things. I want to give Chris yeah, a chance here <laughs> to, you know, add in add in any last words, anything he wants to tell people where to find you. You know, uh, are you looking for help on the game in any way, or is this just a you hands on thing? Like you're going to see how far you can take it. You know, uh, I was looking for help in the beginning and I am still open to help. Uh, even, even as it's in its like concluding phase, uh, you know, perspective from somebody else who, you know, had, had an eye for this kind of thing would be, would be nice. So I'm, I'm open to it. Uh, I was a lot more open to it in the beginning, but you know, and I tried to recruit a couple people, but you know, everybody's got their own thing going and I, I get it. Um, but if anybody's interested and they would like to show me uh, what they could do, I'm still open for collaboration. Uh, also, uh, if you like tattoo art, you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, it is Christopher underscore tattooer um, on Instagram. And uh, yeah, so, uh, uh, you know, I'd love to... Uh, get involved with other people if they are open to it as well. Well, I've just put your uh, Twitter into the chat. So everybody go follow Christopher. He's doing some amazing work and yeah, open up to him if you, if you want to collaborate. All right. And um, actually, uh, what was it? Multimoo asked if it's, uh, if the game is going to be text-based or if there'll be voice acting. Uh, you know, I do have a guy who did some voice acting on a night and clockwork, uh, that I reached out to and, uh, uh, I'm hoping to employ him, uh, to do some, it probably, there probably isn't going to be a lot of dialogue, but I definitely want like some, some oofs when you get hit or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I would like to have some of that. Uh, and you know, uh, if there are voice actors out there who would like to, uh, cause I definitely have some things, uh, that I, some dialogue that I can have play between the main character and, uh, uh, you know, another character in, in the game. So, uh, you know, I would love to, uh, connect with some voice actors if they're interested. Uh, otherwise it'll probably be mostly text-based, um, and uh, of course, then there'll be like environmental storytelling as well. So, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, any other questions? If you have any other questions uh, that you don't want to wait to reach him on Twitter, because you definitely all should follow him. Keep an mm -hmm. eye on this project. Uh, if you have any other questions, put them in chat right now or forever hold your peace. And uh, yeah. So, Jamie, we're getting mm -hmm. close to uh the 100th 100. episode uh mm. we should probably mention the uh <laughs> we should probably mention the uh the the uh 
game slash movie jam oh, yes. again. God, I've just it's life has just been so crazy lately. I've completely forgotten that that was going on. It's just been mental these last this last month. It's just been crazy. But yeah, we do need to talk about it. All right. So, well, I mean, you know, you you set up the the thing. So you want to tell people where to go. Do all, so you you you, you yeah. set it up in dreams, bro. I mean, yeah. it's just, come I on, will bro. Get, I will get the collection. So there is a collection uh, available on Dreams. I'm going to post it in chat now once I just log into in dreams.me. And uh, you are able to use everything in this in your creations. You don't specifically have to use anything in this uh, collection. It's just there as a guideline if you'd like to use anything in there uh, to make uh, either a really short game uh, or a short film. Uh, the theme is podcast. Uh, it doesn't need to be specifically about our podcast. It's just podcast in general is the theme. And yeah, make a little short game or a short film or even like a, a scene or something for us to look at. And we intend to show all of this on the 100th episode celebration stream. Um, so let me just get that link. There it is. And I will post that into the chat now. Mm -hmm. There we go. So yeah. this is going to continue running until the 99th episode, um, of which then we will need people to start to uh, submit it. Um, so for submitting, uh, there's a hashtag. Um, it's all mentioned in the in the collection as a whole description explaining everything. Um, there's a hashtag to use so that we can find it relevantly. If you want to keep it private, uh, then you'll need to collaborate both myself and Mighty Vicious onto the project so that we have access to it to be able to stream it. Uh, but it'd be easy if you just released it. Um, and just use the hashtag so we can search through dreams to find all the relevant content to put on the show. Indeed. Thank you for doing the rundown. <laughs> Reluctantly. Uh, but no, thank you. And uh, for Chris, Jet Yeti asked, how did you pull off the cel-shaded flat cartoon look? Uh, I used... Um, uh, uh, I forget. Uh, it's one of the waxy... Uh, sculpt materials and also glow. Uh, so, uh, yeah, change the material and also give it some glow. And uh, be sure to turn down uh, the internal. Um, there's like a what? What do you call it? The the internal color saturation. You want that yeah. down to zero, uh, and that's going to help give you uh, the look. Uh, if if you seek to make something the same kind of style, that's going to help you get that look. Indeed. There you go, Jay Yeti. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, this episode is over. We'll be back, uh, apparently, next Friday with Multi-Moo. <laughs> and uh, we'll be seeing about doing a reaction, apparently, to the launch trailer. We'll talk about that. But... Everything else, ladies and gentlemen, you know where to find us. You know when to find us. Keep a look on a lookout on the uh, Discord as well as Twitter. Um, the Dream Stats tournament starting in 15 minutes. Apparently, Sanak just all right. Handy timing. All right, and <laughs> so I guess we'll go ahead and get over to that. But uh, who's uh, who's 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 streaming right now? Uh, let's take a look. He said, Jet Yeti said, wait, did he give a release date? You said you were trying to release by January, right? 
that's the goal. I think by January it should be exactly where I want it to be. All right. Oh, according uh, to to my Twitch, there's only one other person streaming Dreams right now, which is Yonami Network. I won't believe it. I know that's Rip, weird, right? It's got to be more than Ripley wouldn't believe it. Let me let me <laughs> let me see what's going on here. I mean, no problem with sending people that way. It's no, just like I would have. I told you, it's always right it's always something. Yeah, that's all I'm showing for. Is you know I mean as well. I'm, I'm waiting for long periods of time. Oh god, so I'm, I'm just going. So yeah. All right. All right. So then we are headed over to Yunami. And let me see here. Come on. Why are you why are you why are you defeating me? I'm being defeated. Oh, the settings. The settings are out of control. Uh no, there we go. There we go. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for coming through. As always, we appreciate it so much and having all this good conversation with all the people we love. And why are you defeating me? <laughs> it's still not working. It's it it it's being very um it's being very There we go. We got it. Hey. We got it. it. It it finally pulled off. But thank you for joining us, Chris. It was a really good yeah. talk and I hope you had fun. Yeah, I did. It was a pleasure to be here. Oh, awesome. Appreciate it. And with that, see you all next week. Yep, we're out. Mm -hmm.